Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you all week? We started off the week taking the Monday morning blues with the due time group. And we talked about in your partner, your husband. Let's just take that. Because this is the man talking. Your husband wished you would do more. Well, one of the things at the top of the list was he wished you would just uh, throw in that load of laundry. Now, we're going to go past it. We're going to go past it. You know, I've talked about this thing quite already. And, you know, now, I still got question marks over my head about you throwing stuff in the laundry. Why is that on the list? Is that a real thing? You know, there's a terminology that I, I hear you. Is that a thing? That's my question. Is throwing laundry, you know, is doing laundry for me just throwing a load of laundry a thing? Really? You want me to do more of that? That's so, that's a, one of the things on the list. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, he did mention or they, you know what I'm talking about. Let him get a little more vulnerable. Now, that I can believe. That, I believe, is authentic. Because, you know, men are supposed to have this persona. You know, don't cry. Men don't cry. You know, I'm not going to let people know how I feel. And, you know, I got to maintain this macho, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, I got to tell you that Pastor K.L. said, who wrote this land? Because men do not want to be vulnerable. You know, it's, it's uh, something that I guess they don't, you know, want to show. And I get it. I get it. If you got to try to keep a persona, then it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, the other thing that, you know, the list mentioned that men wish you would do more of is compliment them 
on how well they're balancing everything out. I know that complimenting a person helps them feel better. You know, my grandmother used to always say, you know, watch this. Watch this face of this something. You know, I, I get it. But you asking for this? You're asking to be complimented? Nah, come on, y'all. No, come on, come on, come on, come on. Why are we going here? So my question becomes, if we don't compliment you, are you not confident about what you do? Because, listen, I do what I do. So whether you compliment me or not, I'm going to be all right. Now, of course, I would, you know, love to be as a compliment, but I'm not going to expect or ask for the compliment. You know what? Oh, man, we, you know, we got to work on this list. And I, I don't know if I want to, I think I'm going to, you know, continue with this list. I, I think I'm going to continue with this list the next time I have an opportunity Stick with you, Tom Cruise, because I just need some clarification on some things. And I didn't even get to, you know, that was what? How many things on the list? That was what? Four? That was the top four things, five things on six things on the list? I haven't even got anywhere near dog stuff. And I don't know if they privatized the list. I don't have any idea, but those were the things that were first on the list. So I think we need to come back to that just to see if, you know, these men can redeem themselves. I sure hope so. Well, we could not finish a Monday morning properly if, if we did not get the Sean Well, the switch tip for this week. Stop making yourself handicapped. Now listen, did we not just go through this list where men would be handicapping handicapping themselves if they need a compliment? So again, I ask, well, what happens if you don't get the compliment? Do you now sink into, you know, this whole uh, uh, or you spiral into some zone where you can't function because you're not getting compliments. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. See, I can't ask the men who, you know, made this list, but that's what makes me think. You know, you can handicap yourself. You know, there are so many ways you can handicap yourself. And, you know, somehow or another, this list always seems to fall in line with the conversation of the day. And I have to tell you, there are so many ways we can handicap ourselves. And God is really allowing me to see more and more, you know, just experiencing some things recently, um, some conversations, watching people's behavior. You know, some of all, they don't know I'm watching. They don't know I'm moving. Just have to be in the room, if you will. And I'm like, wow, you can cut your nose despite your face and you don't even realize. You know, you can throw the baby out with bath water and not even realize it. And you could be on a whole different quest. But you can really handicap yourself in a whole lot of ways. You can block God's blessings. That is a way you can handicap yourself. You know, 
there are a million ways you can handicap yourself. And I think all it takes is a little prayer and thought. You know, sometimes the things that we want to do may not quite be the things we should do because at the end of the day, we may end up handicapping ourselves. So you can handicap yourself, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. You know, there's so many ways that we can do this thing and you need to really pray about that, you know, that your movements are not only intentional, but they're God's will. Because when you move outside of God's will and you end up handicapping yourself, you can only blame yourself. And sometimes, you know, I always say it's like the screw effect. I'm sorry, like the nail effect, where you just put that hammer, turn it around in the wall, pull that nail out, and things go back. You know, and, and you know, go right back to where it, it's great. And then you got those other times where you've handicapped yourself, and it's like a screw effect where you got to keep on turning and turning and turning and turning that screw, you know, where it's not going to change until that point gets all the way to the end, and you can actually, uh, a screw is different than a nail. You cannot pull that out. You're going to have to work and work and work, and that's what happens with some of our you know, our, our, our effect of, of our behavior or mindset or the things that we say is the effect of you're going to be handicapped for a minute. And Lord knows, we don't know how long that minute may be. And we don't know when the handicap will actually start. Ooh. So, you know what? I love that switch tip, you know, it's been kind of showing itself all week. And that was just Monday morning that we got that um, switch tip. So, hey, hey, hey. Let's make sure it happens. Okay? The way God wants it to happen. And God is not in the business of wanting to see our children pass. Oh, he wouldn't have said it, if that was the case. All right? All right. Well, let's talk about the Tuesday Church Folks Day came around. And we are up to our episode five in the love and death. HBO mini-series, episode 5, The Arrest. Now, Candy has, quote-unquote, let's say, defended herself against her ex-lover's wife, Betty, and she ends up chopping Betty with and killing her. And, you know, you know, one might see it as self-defense, one might see it as an attack. I don't know. It's only how you perceive it to be. But nonetheless, they started asking some questions on detectives, and they finally got around to accusing Candy of committing this murder. And this was so well written as, you know, they, they are... They had, you know, the question and answer period. They had, you know, the uh, her turning over certain items so they could check to see if there was blood on it. They, you know, uh, really did their due diligence here. And it gave you a background picturesque of what was going on in her world. You know, she had... You know, the friend who said, you know, oh, they're talking about you, and we know it could be you. And then you have the husband who's walking around saying, mm, why don't you them slippers? She's been acting real weird, blah, blah, blah. You've got the friend who's the pastor who told her from the beginning, listen, you don't want to do this extra matter to a fair thing. It just ain't going to work out. 
And now that you have, look at where you are. Are you really innocent? You know, so this was this was so well scripted. And the best thing about this is it's real. So if we can't take anything from fiction, let's take it from reality. Because if you watch this from the entire beginning, I mean, from the very, very, very beginning, you can see where it's all went wrong from this. So, you know, it might be a hit and a half for you to get yourself together. All right? Well, wow, Wednesday rolls around, and our girl Vivian gave us our socially conscious segment, and we talked about, well, yeah, we ended up talking about, I'm sorry to say that, right? Mother, the mother of a six-year-old who found out, I mean, in the weirdest way, that her son had been sexually abused on a school bus for three months. And she is now after the bus driver leaving his job. You know, he's he's going out for blood. And justifiably so. Justifiably so. You know, somebody's got to answer as to, you know, who, who was the negligent one here? So the ladies of Ipsy Time got to converse it. And whoa, 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 some stuff was brought out as to who was negligent and who should be exonerated and, you know, who, who should be looked at less and who should be looked at more and, you know, mom needs to attack this area and mom shouldn't attack that area. It was really, I mean, a phenomenal conversation. And, you know, I don't know about the rest of you, but I love when the dialogue gets to the point where it's split. Because you really get to see some magnificent points. It's almost like, you know, I don't know how many of you love courtroom drama. I love courtroom drama. Because if you're into courtroom drama, you get to see the prosecutor, you get to see the defense attorney, and you get to see how both of them have points. Both of them can fall. Both of them are strong. Both of them might be weak. It is really, you know, a wonderful, wonderful dynamic to have here on this Street Time with Pastor Steph. There are a lot of times we agree across the board, and then there are other times where they're like, ooh, what a thought. Whoa, left hook, uppercut. Oh, hit below the belt. So let me tell you something. Go back and listen to Wednesday's episode of It's Be Time with Pastor Steph, because you're really going to, really, 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 really going to enjoy it. Well, therapeutic Thursday rolled around, and we had our girlfriend, our sister minister, Gertie Gordon, on our test talk with Gertie. And yesterday, boy, it was good as always. But let me show you something. It was like, hey, what are you going to do in the chair? We are going to do in the salon? Well, I'm going to say, you got to go back. I'm sending you back to listen out for the do's and don'ts of going to the hair salon. And I, I just, fantastic. Go back and listen. Go back and listen. Sister Gertie does not fail you yet again. 
she brings her A-game to the table. And we are so blessed to have her training and schooling us. All right? All right. Well, today, today, today is Freestyle Friday, and we get to do whatever it is we want to do well. Get to do whatever we want to do. It's pretty simple. We talk to the men. All right? So come on. Go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go into where because we will be right back. Because of you, I found the resources I needed. Because of you, I found the right doctor. Because of you, I'm not alone. These are words we cherish at the Sarcoma Alliance. Each year, thousands of Americans of all ages are diagnosed with sarcoma, the rare 1% of all cancers. The Sarcoma Alliance is there during their difficult journey, providing education, guidance, and connection. Learn more at sarcomaalliance.org. Sponsored by the Sarcoma Alliance. morning and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Tea Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Freestyle Friday. How blessed are we to be able to be ushered in. God woke us up this morning. We have made it all the way through the week, through the bumps, the bumps, the ups, the downs. But we're still standing. And that's only because of Jesus. So, you know, go ahead and this is so settled. You're going to have a fantastic show today. I don't have no real earth shaking move, but my due time men never fails us. So let's get to chatting, all right? Before they bring, before we bring them on. Now, you know, just recently, we started our segment on Fridays. Who knew? And I stumbled across something. And I thought it was kind of interesting. Maybe you shall, maybe you won't. I don't know. But Will Smith tells the story of his first meeting with Michael Jackson. And should Knight has something to do with it. Now, when I saw that caption, I was like, all right, should Knight. Michael Jackson, Will Smith, definitely nowhere on your radar on an equal plane. So what in the world would the three of them, you know, what would happen to the three of them in the same story? Well, in a YouTube video, Will Smith talked about the first time he ever ran in to Michael Jackson. And it's interesting because he says that they were at an event. And as he started talking, he kind of said, well, sugar's in jail, right? 
You can come after me, right? So you know how Will Smith always cuts up. Well, he talks about the fact that they were at the BET Awards back in the day. And he was minding his own business. And I guess he was, like, kind of moving around. And uh, somehow another, a big brawl breaks out. And guess who was involved? Suge Knight. So they say Suge Knight started this big fight in the audience and caused this mass chaos and mayhem. And Will Smith's bodyguard decides to push him in this, he says, this dark, musty broom closet backstage. You know, that's your job. Save your, you know, save your client. Well, everybody was running for their lives, if you will, and his bodyguard decided to act quickly, and he opens the door and shows, um, you know, Will in his closet. Well, Will says, as he was standing in this closet, He's scared to death because he's listening out for gunshots. Because you know how he always went down with the with the Suge Knight posse. Uh, he says masses of people were running past the door. He says suddenly hears this high pitched voice say, "Hey!" And lo and behold, it was Michael Jackson. Ah! Michael Jackson and his bodyguard was standing behind him. In that same dark, musty, blue pocket the entire time. So I guess Michael Jackson's security guards kind of thought the same thing that Will Smith's security guards thought and threw them in the room when uh, Suge Knight started cutting up. So, um, you know, you don't want to meet Michael Jackson like that, but hey, it is what it is. So he said he, he tried to get over the shop that the Michael Jackson was standing behind him in his room closet. He says Michael Jackson asked him while they were in the closet what he thought was going on outside. And, you know, what do you think is going on out there? And, you know, he said he didn't know what to say. All he could think to say was, you know, shouldn't have never tripping. So... Um, Michael Jackson says, well, Shug Knight is always tripping. All that success, he can't figure out how to be happy. Wow. So then they had this other conversation. Now, can you imagine all this is going on outside where all this mayhem is going on? Well, Michael Jackson asks, well, so you like comic books? <laughs> it seems like that was so Michaelish. You know, to kind of, okay, well, you know what, let's just talk about anything else. Well, Will says that he just went with the flow and told Michael Jackson he did love comic books. And that's when Michael Jackson put him on the spot and asked him which comic books were his favorite. And Will ended up making up one on the spot named after BBD, which is Bell, Biv, and Devil. So afterwards, Will Smith said that Michael Jackson's bodyguards then acted like they'd never heard of finding a way to get Michael Jackson out of the closet, onto safety, 
and uh, they're sending us back to the um, video, the YouTube video, so we could hear what else happened during that time. So I thought that was kind of interestingly funny and uh, amusing. And, uh, you know, you never know when someone is going to, you know, when you're going to run into somebody. And the circumstances, if you go back into your um, memory bank, you think about how you met some of your friends, and you're like, wow, wow, wow. Can you imagine you met under those circumstances? I thought that was a lot of, you know, that was a cheap story. So thank you for indulging me. Well, we still got a couple of minutes. And I came across this list where they say that women who had experiences with male friends and because of these obnoxious and disgusting and surprising things that their male friends did, they had to end it. They had to end it. Well, you know, while we're chatting, let me give you an opportunity. You know how we do on Fridays. You know, if you had to end a relationship, if you're a woman, and you had to end a relationship with a, a, a person who you considered to be a really good friend, and he was a male, Send me your story real quick. Don't send me nothing that I got to read like 900 years. But send me your quick story and vice versa. You know, we're not going to just put the men out there. You know, this list is just of men. This is not of women. But I'm putting it out there just in case I got some men in my camp who want to talk. It's not just a female conversation. So, you know. Let's make that happen. All right. I would love to hear from you. Well, one person tells the story. She says, after I went through a breakup, my friend of over 10 years got mad when I met someone else. He tried to say I should sleep with him because he's known me longer. Like, listen, I don't have sex with people based on seniority. You know what, that's always the story where they say men are not really your friend unless they want something. And I have to be honest, you know, I, I am just so grateful to God that I have such great male friends that they are really my friends. And, you know, you, you've kind of met all my male friends right here on the Tucson Road. So that'll let you know that, you know, they're not all about, all men are not like that, you know, so... But I've heard of that. I've heard that. I've heard that. So come on, send me your story. Send me your story. You know, we always like to make this due time personal. Well, another tale. He told me a mutual friend who had been sexually assaulted deserved it because she was wearing a bikini in front of boys and obviously asking for it. Well, we were in his pool at the time, and I was in a bikini. So she said, oh, no, we got to make this a thing of the past. We are friends no longer. Can you imagine that conversation coming up while you got on the bikini? And you said that she was wearing the bikini, so she asked for it. So am I asking for it? Sometimes we don't know what to say, y'all. Well, there's another 
account of um, a young lady. She says, "What he said, what what he said, what he said about Andrew Tate. I got he's not perfect, but media is treating him unfairly. He really opened my eyes." She was like, "Sorry, later. You can't be friends." Another one. He expected me to mother him and be his sole emotional support while also demeaning me and my own problems. Wow, listen, y'all, if you go use somebody as a shoulder to lean on and you're bringing all your problems to them, you can't now belittle them and make them feel bad when they're going through some stuff. Come on, how smart is that? So whose shoulder did he go to cry on after that? Wow. All right. Well, one young lady says, I've cut off several, and all for the same reason. They tried to make our friendship either sexual, romantic, or both. Wow. Hey, hey, hey. Did we just get finished talking about that? Finished talking about that. Yeah, they have, but they said that for years. From when I was in school, and I ain't been in school in over 37, 38 years. So, you know, this is this is a belief. This is a belief. All right, let's see. One young lady says, we met up for drinks, and he told me he cheated on his girlfriend. He was very unapologetic about it. He got drunk later on and started making weird, trashy, and creepy remarks about women. I have not seen him since. <laughs> wow. Talk about a hit and a half. Yeah, you got to break out and get out of that. Okay, we've got our uh, submission here from a due time listener. My roommate tried to pose a curfew on me to keep me from dating. Wow. See, there you go. There you go with that ulterior motive. You know, I'm telling you, for the longest time, you know, they have talked about the fact that men, especially with pretty women, you know, they're like, hey, they really got something else on the agenda. And you got to be careful about that. And, you know, it's sad because if you really um, think about it, sometimes you just want, you know, a friend of the opposite sex. You know, why should we have to worry about, do I have to, you know, you're going to impose curfews to keep me from dating or, you know, you're going to say those certain things. and Or how about the men who are your friends and they keep downing everybody you do? You got to, after a while, begin to, you know, believe that, hey, something is wrong because ain't nothing wrong with all my boyfriends. So you never, you know, keep that in your head. Thank you so much for that submission. Thank you. Let's see if we can pull up a couple more. Hmm. Well, this one is a little extra few words. A close friend whom I saw all the time told me that there was tension in his marriage because of me. I thought his wife was my friend too. Neither of them spoke to me again. 
I love that family, and I didn't even get to say goodbye to their kids or their dogs. I bet a million dollars that now, three years later, there's still tension in that house. I wasn't the problem. And I can believe that. I can believe that. I have seen things happen like that. But one of the things that I've learned is, well, I've always taught myself, and it's been a safe place to stay. Because you and I are friends, now I'm talking about a male, because you and I are friends, I don't automatically become friends with your wife or your girlfriend. Now, I want you to give me a thumbs up if that's the way you feel. Don't be talking about we should hang out, get to know one another. Let that happen on its own. I don't just, and you know, because see, they say keep your friends closer and your enemies even closer. So I don't even know what her agenda might be, you know, in trying to invite me over to dinner, get to know me. I don't know what's up with you. So I'm not going to be automatically, you know, well, you know, this is, you know, this is my friend. Oh, I got two thumbs up. Whatever is true. Yes. No, we're not doing that. Me and you are cool. We're the best of friends. We know we got a true platonic relationship. I don't automatically become her friend. And I had this happen to me before, and I had to break this down to this chick because she was like, well, you're his friend. How come, how come I can't be your friend? I said, hold on a minute. I'm sorry. In my world, let me first let you know that my mama always told me, you ain't got no blankety-blank friend. So your, your, your man ain't technically my friend in my mama's eyes. But outside of that, for Stephanie, you want to know why me and you can't be friends because me and him are friends. Well, in my life, my friends have been tested, tried, and have shown to be true. That's who I call a friend. That's who can call me a friend. Because we, we have not always agreed. But again, in my book, friends are tested, tried, and true. How can I call you a friend? I don't even know you. And nothing's been tested. Nothing's been tried. I can't call you true. And neither can you call me true. So I don't throw around, around that word friend. Now, I have some associates. I have some acquaintances, but I ain't got no whole bunch of friends. I've been looking at this list recently here. I ain't got a whole lot of associates and acquaintances either because people are too shifty and shady. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a little too old to be experiencing this in my late years of being 56. Am I 56? 56. How old am I? I think I'm 56. I think I'm going to be 57 this year. You know, I used to always wonder how people could mix up their age, and now that I'm older, yeah, yeah, somewhere around there, 56, I'm 56. So in 56 years, I've seen a whole lot of stuff go on, and I'm telling you, my mother went to her grave telling us, you ain't got no uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh friends. She was not that church going that she ever changed that phrase. <laughs> So, you know, I've, I've really had to straighten, you know, a person or two out about that. You know, I don't mind, you know, being cordial with you or whatever. But, see, you're not going to keep your eye on me as a friend because you wonder what's going on with me and your man. I ain't got that kind of time. 
right now, let me tell you something. Any male friend I have, can I tell you we have a working relationship? Our brother Ainsley, working relationship. My brother Al. Brother Al and I met on a working relationship. Pastor KL, working relationship. Pastor A, working relationship. And those who are Dwayne, Techie Talk, all of those started off with us working together. And then it blossomed into a friendship. And I never, ever, ever had any of their wives ever worried about the relationship between me and her man. None of those guys, none of them, not one, could ever look side-eyed, laugh, and joke. Never. And, you know, so when, when, when that comes up, that's like a real, you know, sensitive spot for me. I, I don't, I, uh, uh, we not, we not friends because me and him are friends. That ain't gonna work. That is not gonna work. Because I'm gonna tell you something. I've seen where, also, now y'all give me a thumbs up for this one. I got my thumbs up about the other one, but I want some thumbs up. If 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 if, if you understand what I'm saying, have you ever noticed you friends with him? And now they start asking you for favors. That's one of the reasons why I had to straighten this thing out. No, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. We not doing that. No, 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 no. Just because we, you know, we do one another favors or whatever, now all of a sudden you calling me asking me to do No! Oh, no, no. And I had to tell him, yo, listen, you better put a lid on that because you don't want me to put a lid on that. You know, you, I wonder if you could do me a favor. Well, I'm sorry. Again, we're not friends. We're not friends. So if y'all have not experienced that, lucky you. But, yes, a time or two, I had to back her up. Because now she texted in. The, oh, 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 wait, hold on. Where you get my number from? No, 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 no. I got two thumbs up again. Yo, these women are tripping. So, you know, when I came across this um when I came across this article this morning, I'm like, yo, I can get it. I can get with it. I understand. And there were just times where, you know, these women said they had to sever ties. And, you know, especially where you thought this was your friend. Now, I I'm trying to figure out how you make a move like this if we're just friends. So Boy, that was a nice conversation between me and you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh-oh, or they book dates for him through you. Oh, smoke. Oh, my. Do you remember when we used to say that? <laughs> yes. Or they book dates for him through you. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Yo, you had lost your mind. My submission says, what? Yes, I agree. You didn't lost your mind. And my mother would say, are you crazy? <laughs> yo, it, it, yo, this, I'm telling you, this here, people are something else. And if you don't put them in their place, 
you're going to come up with a whole lot of problems, a whole lot of problems. Thank you so much for indulging me. I love Freestyle Friday and having these kind of conversations because y'all always make me laugh. Y'all always make me laugh. Y'all always make Fridays lighter. Oh, my goodness. Well, what are we talking about today? I've got like a whole bunch of news in front of me, but I'm not moved by any of it. I don't know. I guess that's why I stayed so long on that little pre-news chatter. <sighs> well, let's talk about our favorite man, <laughs> Eric Adams. Well, there's some good news. There's some good news. We have um, our Mayor Adams, who they say have pushed the bill to help out the homeless. And, you know, it's, it's a nice little uh, bump, something that we definitely needed. So he's pushing for them to get their own permanent shelter voucher. So generally the way it, it goes and has been happening, the rule requires a homeless household to stay in a shelter for 90 days before they can apply for permanent housing. Now, y'all help me out. If the permanent housing ain't going to happen in a week, why should they have to wait 90 days to apply? Why? That makes no sense to me. Why don't you carry the process out incrementally? So in other words, if you're saying, well, Earlier than 90 days is a little too early to apply because anything can happen, you know, before the 90 days are up, and you may not need permanent housing through us. Well, that's a, that's great. That's great. But I'm sure there's some things that need to take place after you apply that maybe can be pushed up a little earlier. So in other words, if they have to check, let's say, your credentials, such as, you know, are you citizens and stuff like that, my thing is why are we waiting for the waiting for the ninety days to even start that? Why can't you let them put that in and at least you can begin to check credentials incrementally or the process, start the process incrementally. So let's say within the first 30 days, we've already secured that, you know, you're citizens. You're not here illegally, so that may disqualify you from even being eligible for this program. And then within the 30- and 60-day period, we can do something else. Within the 60- to 90-day something else, and then as of the 91st day, we're pushing forward with the application. Now, maybe I'm I'm just a little naive, but my thing is I'm already homeless. I'm in a shelter. I have to stay in this situation for 90 days before I can even apply. That's the part that is kind of twisting me up here. But, you know, that's just definitely, and, you know, some people have challenged my thought process. Um, so they're saying that they are now being allowed to apply a little earlier than the 90 days. And he's making the argument 
that the vouchers are, it takes a long time. It takes a long time to get these vouchers in order. And how are we going to get these vouchers in order if we didn't take 90 days to get the process started? So he's trying to get them away from following that 90-day requirement. So he says that if you push that process, he anticipates that it will save the city from the annual housing and services cost. Well, that makes sense as well because if if you got to stay in the system for 90 days, in the shelter for 90 days, that means that at least 90 days we got to take care of you. However, if we can now get this process started, then by the time you get to your own housing, you may, you know, remember now, there are people who live in housing, I'm sorry, in shelters who go to work every day, regardless of the work that they do. So what he's saying is, we're taking care of them while they're here. So this would save the city some money if we were to, you know, get this done a little earlier, and then they can kind of go into taking care of themselves. Because as they're in a shelter, they're not paying anything. At least if we get them on a Section 8 program or one of those type programs, some federal-funded um, programs or supplemental programs, they still would be paying part of, you know, even if it was the 30% of their salary was very little, very little is much different than 100%. So, you know, this is one of those movements um, that I definitely think is really good. He says if the government vetoes, you know, his um, suggestion, he plans to go all the way with this. All right, he's going to pursue some legal action. You know, he's stepping up. All righty, well, what else are we talking about here? Ah, well, here's another thing that I thought was kind of cool. Um, and I, cool in, in, in the alternative, what could have happened. So out in Plano, Texas, there was a, a teen couple who ended up at some type of business and they walked in with her, the, the teenage girl, holding a baby, they say an hour old infant in her arms, and the umbilical cord was still attached. Now, I didn't know that the umbilical cord was so long because if they say she was holding the um, the, uh, the baby and the umbilical cord was still attached, then that's from mom's lower area to, you know what, her chest, stomach area. So they thought initially when they came inside that the baby was choking, and that's why the parents were panicking. But they found out that she had just given birth and they had made their way to this particular business site. So somebody at the store called 911, and they walked them through how to detach the, uh, you know, umbilical cord. Well, that's not where it ended. They say that the, uh, the couple ended up giving the baby to the employee. Yeah, another employee stepped up and, you know, assisted 
and they walked off. And they're saying under the Texas Safe Haven Law, which is also known as the Baby Moses Law, any baby under 60 days, under 60 days old, can be taken to any hospital, emergency, um, medical services station, or fire station in the state. And they say, but the child must be handed to someone not left outside. And the law also states that anyone who leaves an unharmed infant at one of those safe haven locations will not be prosecuted for abandonment or neglect. And, you know, the the couple shared with the, the two of them, and again, they were a teen couple. We don't know if they were 13 or 19. We just know that it's a team, and they were not, they didn't want, they claimed, they told the, the, the women or the people at the business who helped them finish this delivery that they didn't realize she was pregnant. Now, that was always something that I always wondered about, having three children, because none of those three were the same, you know, in, in the nine-month period. But... Because your body changes. Your body changes drastically. And I've heard people say, I didn't even know I was pregnant. Well, for a teen, that's even a little more challenging because your body hasn't really even developed yet. There's no, I got used to. So I'm not saying she's lying, but it's always a puzzling thing for me. Um, But they claim that they didn't know she was pregnant and they weren't ready for the baby. And you know what? Kudos to them. Because how many times have we found a baby in the, you know, in the trash can, in a bag, you know, because, you know, they didn't want it and they kind of panicked or, you know, something else was going on with them emotionally. You know, you, you got to, they're smarter than some of these adults out here who have done worse. So let's talk to our men. You know, I'm not feeling the rest of this news. And I like where we started today, so I would like to talk about that for a little while. And our brother Al was the first one on deck this morning. So let's say good morning to brother Al. Good morning, brother Al. Chop of the morning. Chop, chop of the morning. How you doing, Pastor Seth? I'm well, thanks, brother Al. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. The good Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, get up. I'm doing good. <laughs> amen. Amen and amen. So, Brother Al, this morning we talked about times when a young lady felt she had to sever the ties of, um, you know, with a friend that was a male because he was kind of cutting up. You know, doing some really weird things. And you know what, Brother Al? Maybe what we can do is we can, I'm going to read you a scenario where she felt she had the seven of ties, and you comment on it. How, how, how about that? How about that? Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. All right. So I'm just going to pick one out of the list. Okay, so she says, when they started flirting with me while married or in a relationship, this happened twice. I had to sever my ties. 
One tried multiple times over the course of a few years off and on. The other immediately gave up after I called him out the first time. Now, the only male friends I have are my husband's friends. Woo, that's not, that could be another problem. What do you think about that? She said these were her friends, and she had to sever the ties because of, you know, them flirting with her um, while they were even either in a marriage or a relationship. What do you think about that? Wow, that, that that's crazy right there, you know. I think she did the right thing by saying, okay, you know what, they're not respecting me that I'm married and stuff, and they flirt, and I don't like it, so I'm, a, you know, I'm going to have to cut ties. I think that was a good thing to do. But then I'm looking at, like, the only male friend she has now is her husband friend, which, you know, that can be the same thing. You know, that that can happen too. I guess the husband fell, well, these are my boys, so, you know, my boys ain't going to do me like that. But, nah, you know, that that's that's a bad thing there too. You know, could be a bad thing as well. I would agree with you, Brother Al. You know, that was my first time reading it. And when I got to the tail end of it, I was like, oh. Because, listen, check this out, Brother Al. Let's talk about this thing here for a minute. You walked off from your male friends because they were in a relationship or married, but they were flirting and making passes at you, right? What makes you think that it's any safer for your husband's friends not to do the same thing. Right, right. I don't know, brother. I don't know if that's much safer. I think if I had to walk off from my own friends, I'm just going to stick to the female friends. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if I got to walk off, then you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stay off and just, just you know, keep, keep, keep my male friends because these women ain't, ain't working. Go get me in some trouble. Yeah, right, right. So, Brother Al, have you ever had an instance where you had to sever ties with a female friend because she just was kind of cutting up? Sorry, we, 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 let me blame with my boys. Yeah, you know, um, I, I haven't had many, but I had a few that I had to cut off. I remember... Uh, one young, young lady, I don't know if you remember, I spoke about it on the broadcast because um, um, when when I was engaged previously before, you know, she passed away from breast cancer, I had a friend, and, you know, she was cool with us. She never tried nothing. She never did nothing. And I'm like, okay, she good people. But as soon as that time when my fiancé passed away, she tried to get me to go away with her. You know, and I, you know, my mom wasn't right at the moment. And she was like, well, you know, you're going through so much stress. You need to go away. You know, my, my brother got a little property in, 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 in the Poconos, and we can go and do, you know, you know, and you can get some time to yourself. You know, and I was just thinking at first, I was like, nah. Then I started thinking, I said, well, you know what? I'm not ready to go away with a female at the moment. And she got mad. She And what made me stop speaking to her was her comment was, wow, well, how long is it going to take you to get over her? And that hurt me so bad. Wow. I was like, wow. You know, and, and I did forgive her because, you know, we have to forgive, you know. But I held that for a long time, but, you know, but, but you know, being a Christian, I know I had to say, you know what, I have to forgive her, you know, because she called to apologize. I wouldn't answer her calls, you know, because I was like, wow, so all this time you really did like me and you put on a front and then you got the gall to say this. But, you know, I, I forgave her and it moved on. But, yes, I've, I've had that happen, I you know. 
and um, it's, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy because sometimes you got some they like you so much, and they know, okay, you know what? If I reveal to this person I like him, he's not gonna be my friend no more. So they'll hold it in and hold it in to like it's a time where they feel, okay, here's my opportunity, and they pounce like a tiger. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, it can put you at a real um, awkward position. I got another question I'm coming back around with, um, but thank you for joining us this morning, Brother Al. I'm coming back to talk to you because I got another oh, question, yeah. another scenario that hit the floor, and I want to know how you men feel about hey, Pastor it. Pastor before oh, you... Oh, that's it. Cool. Yes. Pastor, Pastor I'm sorry. Before, before you move on real quick, I would like to say they need to hire you for the housing because what you were saying was absolutely correct about having them people in the yeah. shelter and they're making all that big money. Yeah. They need to hire you and let you handle that and give you that money. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Al. Thank you for that vote of confidence. I'm feeling you this morning. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, sometimes, Brother Al, you look at things and it's like it's a no-brainer for us. And I'm trying to figure out why you people who are in position can't figure this stuff out. So thank you so much. I appreciate that that uh, that boost that I needed this morning. That's why I love you and you, my friend. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Pastor Vinny. Good morning. Good morning. Good Friday morning, Pastor Seth. And the do crew. Uh, yes, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, God is God is good. good. You know, we're we're just dealing with the sunshine down here and the afternoon storms. <laughs> but we're good. We're good. Okay, hey. all right. That's good to know. All right, Savini. You know, we're talking about, you know, there were some women who have you know, written in and said they had to let their male friends go because they started acting a little twisted. So I'm going to read you a scenario, and mm. let's see what you think about that. Mm. <laughs> All right, I got to read you one I haven't read already. Okay. All right, so there's a young lady that says he fell down the incel rabbit hole. For some reason, he he respected me, but not any other woman. I put up with a lot trying to keep him from circling the drain of that miserable, delusional way of thinking. Obviously, it didn't work. The straw that broke the camel's back was when he told me he hated all females. I pointed out that I was a woman, and if he hated me, I'd be on my way. He backpedaled, but it was too late. I was done. What do you think about that? She just she had to step out of at that point. What do you think, um, Pastor V? Wow. <laughs> I I don't I, I don't know where people get off on sometimes. Isn't it enough just to be a friend? People have to be controlling. They have to, you know, be all all in your stuff, and you know, and and this is, and these are people who often they don't even they don't don't even really know who you are, mm. you know, and, you know. I, I think that a lot of times we we fall for the okie doke because a lot of times we we don't have any 
nobody is chasing us. Nobody is befriending us. Nobody is, you know, counting us as a real friend. And so when we find when we find somebody that gives us a little attention, you know, we get lost. <laughs> we okay. really get lost. We get lost. Um, you know, to 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 add something to that. See now, remember, I got eight sisters. <laughs> okay. I have eight sisters. So any kind of any kind of female that's out there, I've already experienced them in one of my sisters. <laughs> Wow, wow, and, wow. Okay. And my and my sisters, they have always been close to me. So it's not even like okay. somebody's gonna come and in, infiltrate <laughs> you know. Okay. Because they spot they'll spy they'll spy them out. They'll spy them out and say, uh, Vinny, no, that's not good. That's not a good one. Okay, and uh okay. they've been a hundred percent they've been a hundred percent correct. <laughs> they've wow. been they've been a hundred percent correct. Um, you it, wow. you can't like you can't call you can't look everybody in in through the armor. You got to keep some kind of protection for yourself. You know for for your sanity. Um, you know just just for just for your own. Peace of mind. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting, um, Pastor Vinny. You know what you're saying because you know it's it, it's it's a dynamic that you got to be very careful with. You know, you can't yeah. let, like you said, you can't let people cross the line. And when people yeah. cross the line, you know that's when you end up in these crazy scenarios. So, yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes very unassuming, like you said. And thank God you had, you know, the the barrier around you that you did mm-hmm. to protect you from having to go through certain things. So, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm with it. I'm definitely with it. Uh, yeah. Coming back, Pastor yeah. coming back to talk around. about some other scenarios. So I want to see what you think about the next scenario. But I'm going to talk to Pastor KL real quick and see what he thinks of his scenario. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's say good morning to Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you today? Oh, man, just peachy, just peachy. <laughs> you know, prior to you coming on, you know, we were talking about all my male friends. And, you know, I I was a little hesitant, but I did miss you. But <laughs> 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 I told him you were just some scandalous punk that I've been tolerating all for the last 35 years. I'm not a good at least. <laughs> you know, just talking about the fact that, you know, we're friends. And um, I, I said to everybody, I said, y'all have met all my male friends. Pastor KL, Brother Al, Pastor Ed, Dwayne. <laughs> my friends on the show. <laughs> That's a real friend, you 
know what I'm saying? They just, just ride and die with you on whatever trail you are. We just jump on board for one another. That's what you look at as a you know as an intro. Um, I'm going to give you a scenario. There are some ladies. You know, came across an article, Pastor Taylor, where there were some ladies who said, you know what, I had a real good male friend, at least I thought, until he did this. And once he did this, I ended that um, that, that, that relationship. So that, that he was just a little too much. So your scenario, he says, the last one was a friend from work. When I quit, he asked if we could stay in contact. I said, sure. I didn't know him that well, but he was nice, married, and had a couple of kids. In time, it turned into him texting me all hours of the day and sending me sad faces when I didn't reply immediately. It just got weird, and I just let go. What do you think about that scenario? Yeah, that, that, that he, he, had, he had more intentions, or he wanted more intentions. You know, there's a thing where people say this is my work husband or work wife, and some some people take that real literally, you know, and and sometimes they do cross the line or, you know, they, they, they bond a feeling without expecting to fall for someone. You understand what I'm saying? And once once you get caught up in that trap, it's hard to get out of it, whether, whether you have a whole separate family at home or not. Emotional, emotional. Mm. Wow, wow, wow. You know, it wasn't until recently, Pastor KL, that I heard that terminology, my work wife, my work husband. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh-uh. See, I'm not even playing with terminology like that. Am I the one that's crazy? Well, I mean, that, that's, been out, that's been out forever. Work wives and work husbands have been out heard. You know, I, I ain't out there like y'all, because I didn't hear it. I just heard it recently. You, you, hey, hey you, you were my, you were my theater wife, you know, when, when we did theater. You were my theater wife. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even know, did you? <laughs> no, because, you know, I just never thought of it like that. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! Oh my goodness, I can't take you. I can't take you. You know, but again, you know, I did. I, it's funny that you bring that up because I did um, say to, you know, to our listeners, I said, Brother Al, Pastor KL, Pastor Ed, um, Dwayne, any all of my friends that you hear on the on on this due time, we all started off working. We, that all of our relationships. We were in a working um, relationship, and then it blossomed into a friendship. You know, we could, you know, uh, see one another and spend time and go out to eat and all kinds of things. Have you know, I'm over your house or your baby shower or whatever the situation is. Right. Working, and you know, it's a blessing when you know you can say that that just never shifted. Like some of these ladies are complaining about, you know, um, and that's why I was saying even that terminology, I, I knew it couldn't have been new because by the time I ever hear anything, it's already old and outdated and on its way to something else. I'm dead serious. They're like, Ma, people don't say that no more. I'm like, I just heard it yesterday. It was like, Ma, people don't say that no more. So I always get caught, I always get caught like that. Y'all don't even know. A lot of times 
because I'm on this broadcast talking, and Shantice is texting me saying, please stop saying that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> mom, she's going to say that no more. Um, so, you know, but it's, it's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to have um, that, you know, relationship and not have to worry about, you know, nobody crossing the line. Now, I right, got something right. for you guys that I want to ask. As we were talking about, I think was, was it this one? I think, yes, it was this one that sparked the conversation. I, I've had where I have a mentor. Now, none of you, that that's what I found was very interesting. None of you that I knew. But I, I have that there have been a couple of women where I've, I've been friends with their person or their man. And she was, I had one woman literally come out to me upset, and she was like, well, I don't understand if he's your friend, why you can't be my friend. And I said, I'm sorry. It's, my life don't work like that. I don't inherit friends. That's exactly what it I don't inherit friends. I said, my friends are tried, tested, and true. Because my mom always told me, I ain't got no blanket friends. So whenever I called someone friends, it was always where we didn't, you know, experience some time together. Like I said, with all of you, you know, we worked together. There was a work ethic that, that we shared. There was time, a lot of time we shared working together, and then it blossomed into something else. I don't automatically become your friend because I'm his friend. And I'm going to start with you, Brother Al. What's your thought on that? Do you feel that you just inherit friends because that's your man's girl or his wife, or do you feel like if y'all going to end up being friends, it should take a natural approach? Or you just don't do the friendship thing, period. No, I don't do the friendship thing. That's your friend. Now, um, you know, of course that's your friend and you want me to meet him and stuff. Okay, of course, because you're my wife, and so I meet your friend. But they're not my friend. Those are your friends. And it's so funny. I was sitting here laughing because my dad used to say the same thing. Al, why that happen over there? Because my friend, you ain't got no blankety-blank friends. <laughs> I'm sitting here cracking up because my dad used to say that all the time. But not, I don't I do not do the friend thing. I mean, of course, I would be cordial. Cordial, but those are your friends, not my friends. All right, all righty. You know, um, you know, you, you you've been married seven a day, and you know, but you raised boys, and you know, what's your thought on him having a female friend and automatically her man becomes his friend? Or her husband becomes his friend. What are your thoughts on that? That's me. Yeah, Pastor D. That's you. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm with I'm, I'm with the guys. You know. Um, in, in order for I've had I've I have friends that I've I've known for fifty years. <laughs> You know, I, I, I've had friends, and, and not acquaintances, I mean friends, for 50 years. So you're not going to just come in, come on the scene, and bump to the top of the list. 
right. You're not going to just come and bump on the top of the list. I can appreciate that, um, you know, you've been a, a friend to my wife. And, and, and like Pastor uh, uh, Allen, we'll go out. You know, we'll, we'll enjoy time together. But, you know, I'm not expecting you to be calling me, you know, in the, in the middle of the night. And, you know, no. No. All, all of that stuff, you know, it, 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 you know, you, you got to do like everybody else did. You got to be able to put up with me, put up, put up with my craziness, and 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 if you still right. want to call me a friend, then you know I'll consider you. I'll consider you. Right. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about us, Pastor Steph, and you actually, I, I believe you spoke with Brenda first. I did. Yes, I did. And and, uh, and she she was so taken with you. You know, and I was like, wow, that's that's awesome. And, um, you know, then, then, then when I got a call, I was like, okay, this is nice. Because she don't, she don't, she don't make friends. My, my sweetheart, she, she don't make friends. So I, okay. so when uh, when you called me, I said, okay, she must she must be all right. I guess I guess past the seven, past the ten. Oh, and I feel so special. I do. Yes. I do. And I, I thank you yes. for confirming yes. that. We are, but you're right. We appreciate you. Oh, right. uh, and I saw you you too also, and I have to tell you that that's the way I felt with Pastor Brenda. For some reason, he moved to the top of a special list for me. And I'm very funny about people. Like, y'all heard me say, my mother would say, you ain't got friends, you got associates. Yeah. <laughs> I said, all right. You know, so that's the way from a little girl. That's the way she, and with the day she closed eyes to the day she stopped yeah. talking with that ventilator in her mouth, she said to my children, Y'all ain't got no dead on friends. Stop with that. They ain't got no friends. And, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's something that friends are tried, tested, and true, Pastor B. Like you yes. said, yes. you know, if you call me a friend, that means you didn't tolerate Stephanie. You didn't, I didn't made you mad a couple times, but you still love me. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that, that's how you agree with you. That, that's what a friend is. And just because, I love when you say, you don't just move to the head of the list. I love it. I love it. I love it. Amen. I love it. Amen. Pastor K.L., yeah. what's your thought on, you know, hey, you know, I don't inherit friends. You know, just because you, her, just because you, my man's woman or my man's wife, or no, or the opposite way, opposite way. Your her, your 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 wife, husband doesn't become your friend. I got to make something. What do you think about that? Well, for those who really know me, know that I am a loner. I hear Javon. Used to tell me all the time, "Why don't you just find yourself some friends?" Listen, I I don't have any friendship applications. I don't have any. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not applying for friends. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not accepting resumes. I'm not even accepting new friends. You know, I'm not I'm not doing that. You know, because you know, as Pastor Vinny says, you know, the friends I've had 
been 35 and plus years. You know, yeah, I, I don't. I right. Don't, I don't, I, my, my friends are so old, we dying off. You know what I mean? I yeah. gotta die. The friends yeah. that yeah. we have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need old new ten year friends because now I got to get to know you. I got to trust you. I got. I've been in Alabama for sixteen years now, and and I got one friend in Alabama. One friend. <laughs> I, 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 I can put on ten fingers how many friends I have, and it might not even cover ten fingers. And I'm okay with that because I've realized that, that a friend don't have to be in your face every day. A friend don't have to be on your phone, on your phone every day. You understand what I'm saying? That, that, that's not right. what, what, what is qualified as friendship. You know, people got this thing wrong. Unless I can borrow $5 from you, you're not my friend. Right. Unless I can right. the house, you're not my friend. Listen, I, right. I, I just put a post on Facebook that all I got at my house are bills. So stop asking to come over. That's all I got is bills. What you asking to come over for? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my take on friendship. Yeah. Oh, my God. You going to pay some of these oh bills? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, it's so much. I just got finished saying to my nephew the other day, I said, do you see me with friends? I said, you know who my friends are? The church people. Mm-hmm. But you, yeah. you just don't have time. You know, like Pastor K.O., like you said, all my friends, when we speak, we're, we we take some time to talk because it's some catching up we need to right. do. And, you know, we're like, I miss you. I love you, friends. And I can say that to males or females. And mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about if I say to Al, I love you, Al. I ain't got Tamika with a knife at my throat. It's like, yo, hold over, calm down. You're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? I can say to Javon, I, I, you know, she can hear me say, love you, to Pastor KL. And she's not throwing a shoe at me because that's just the way we are with friends. But the people that you see me always around are the people from the church. Because Mm -hmm. when you are busy in life, you don't have time. And everyone has their own life. You know, most times, let's, let's, let's talk about this thing for a minute, guys. Most times when you were making friends, and, and I say that because friendship comes, like you all said, over a period of time. That's mm-hmm. when y'all were dating and, you know, going out together and y'all were growing up and learning and maturing. But once life really began to take place, people started getting married, your parents started getting old and ill, you know, your, your children started to grow up. Life began to happen outside of the friendship. So I don't yeah. have time to chill with you all the time. You know, we used to sit around and watch movies or go to the movies. Life takes a shift. So we have secured this friendship thing where I don't have to call you every day like Pastor K.L. said. But you know I love you and you know I'm your friend. And if you need something, just call me. I got you because I know there's not something some ulterior motive 
that you got going on in your arsenal. This is true right. love here. You know what I'm saying? So you guys are saying things that are really, really true and important. And I'm glad I'm actually having this conversation with the man because it gives us an opportunity to see how you think, how you feel, and, and without this being, like, all weird, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, I love the, I don't have nothing in my house, the bills, why you want to come over. I, that is classic. I love it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You you know, let's talk about this. We always joke on, on, and we have had this conversation, and I don't remember. I know Pastor Charlotte was a part of the conversation, but it's a little confusing because Pastor Charlotte is on multiple days. So I don't know who else is on. I, uh, I think it was Tamika. So it may have been Monday, Wednesday. I don't know. But we have this thing here at my house. Please don't knock on this door and we don't know you coming. Oh, you want to upset the house? I don't care what we're all doing independently. If somebody knocks on the door of the whole house, and we're looking at one another like, who is that? And don't mm-hmm. knock the wrong way. Don't knock, as they say, like you the police. Because that is, you cut when we do open the door. And I would love to hear what you think about unexpected guests. What do you think, Brother Al? I always like to start with Brother Al. What do you think? Well, being an unexpected guest can get you in a lot of trouble because, you know, I live up on the second floor, so I got to look out the window. So it could be some hot water coming out there, out that window to to greet you. (laughs) But I, I... I never, I never like the unexpected guests. You, you have to let me know you coming. You just not gonna pop up to my house unless it's an emergency. Okay, we'll see what happens. But you pop up, you're not getting in. Now I'm talking to you from the window. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Oh, I just thought I'd stop by and say hi, and then I'm gonna say hi. How you doing? All right, all right. Take care now. Hey, Papa, don't pop up to oh, my house now. Don't, don't do it. Oh, my God. I'm, you stop by the town. Okay, hi. How you doing? Everything good? All right. You take care now. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting up in here. You better call before you come over to Brother Al. You better call. <laughs> you better call. <laughs> Oh my God! Hey, 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 Pastor, I just want to tell you this right quick, right? I get that from my aunt. My my aunt, just real quick. My aunt, my aunt lives in in, in uh, Jersey, and you know she's eighty years old. One thing about her, she never liked being on the phone long. You call to see how she's doing. I promise you, you're gonna be on that phone less than a minute with her, and we laugh about that all the time with her. Because this is her favorite saying. You're sitting there and say, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How's the kids? Everybody doing good. Oh, you feeling all right? Yeah, I'm feeling all right. Yeah, when you hear this right here, all right, baby, I'm going to talk with you later. It's time to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We as a family laugh about oh. that all the time. As soon as you hear that, all right, baby, that means you getting ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, they ain't spending a whole lot of time on the phone with you. That ain't happening. That is not happening. 
I just got it. I, I just got um, someone sent in. Yeah, I didn't cuss out a whole lot of friends for popping up. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, yeah, you ain't popping up. No. Don't pop that up. is funny. Don't do it. That is funny. Pastor what's the rule in Florida? Well, my my problem is I I I still got a lot of New York in me. <laughs> ah. I I still got a lot of New York in me, you know. <laughs> you know, uh, Florida Florida they 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 try to to step in, but you know you're not getting past if I if I open the the blinds, you know, in, in New York we know how to look through the door without being seen. <laughs> so so we. We we devised a little curtain that. business here. We we know how to peek <laughs> and how to be quiet. <laughs> like nobody ain't nobody at home. Let me let me all go on to my next stop. But I, I it, it, it it's funny it's funny because I, I I Sunday morning you know I I got a phone call it was like. It was like a quarter, a quarter to nine Sunday morning. You know, again, who's calling me a quarter to nine Sunday morning? And and it was, you know, it was somebody I I, I can't say who, you know, but she said hi. You know, I, I was in, the, I was on my way, you know, to Jackson, coming from Orlando, going to, you know, and uh, I wanted to stop by and and see how everybody was doing. I said. I said, listen, everybody's sleeping. <laughs> oh, but, but oh, but I'll, I'll I'll just be there, you know, just for a minute. I said, um, uh, no, listen, when 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 the, when when they wake up, I'll have them call you. Okay. I'll, I'll have them. I'll, I'll have them call you. Is, was I being unreasonable? No. No, you want to no. You're not. You're not coming. You're not coming to pick them up. You you right. just want to wake them up so that they could see you, so you can see them and go back to sleep. But what is that for? No, All right so, now. So you know, and I, and I tried and I tried to be as nice as possible. I mean, I was nicer than this. <laughs> and wow. uh, it, it, yeah, it it it, it 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 became it became a problem. It's, so it's it, it's it, it's not done yet. I'm done, oh, but they're not done. But they're gonna they're gonna be done. They they gonna they they gonna be done. Wow! 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 Nice. I mean, this is this is in real time. <laughs> Wow! This, wow! This, wow! This is, you know, this is, tell me, am I wrong? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think you're wrong at all, uh, brother Al. Do you think he's wrong? Uh, no, I, I don't think you're wrong. And Pastor Vinny, you ain't got to do no more peeking. We got the doorbell camera now. You can peek out. So you can look on your phone and see who is. <laughs> see, y'all better stop. See. <laughs> Pastor K.L., do you think Pastor Vinny was wrong? No, not, not at all. I don't think he's wrong at all. Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't think, think so either. You know, I, I, I don't think somebody, so either. 
my, my sister, my, my my older sister, she said, you got to you got to train people how to treat you. Right. Right, right. You have right. trained some people how how to treat you, and uh, yeah, you know. I don't deal with with with. Well, I don't like people, so I ain't got to train people. I just don't like them, and I don't want <laughs> unexpected people at my house. You know, it, it used right. to work well until I used to tell my kids when they were young. People people used to knock on the door. And I tell the kids, we're going to the door and tell them the parents ain't here. But, you know, I had, I, had a, 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 I had a retarded son who got to the door and said, my father said he ain't here. <laughs> you know what I mean? That didn't work too well. I mean, I couldn't be mad at him because I did say, tell him I'm not here. But I ain't say, tell him your father said you ain't here. <laughs> so, at, at that oh boy! At that point, I knew that we birthed a retard, so we had to be a little careful with what we said. <laughs> Stop! Stop! Oh, no, no, oh Lord! No. Lord! Oh my goodness! So he, uh-huh. he's, oh, a, my he's a captain in the army. Pray, pray, pray for us. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I just don't. I don't I don't like people at my house, you know, whether you're invited or not invited. I, I will really invite you to my house. You know, my house is my sanctuary. And I don't want all the right. spirits and all the buzzards and all that stuff in my house. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. now my, you know, now, now we caught up with all this stuff and I got to pray the hell out of people because your crazy folks <laughs> was within my house. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. now, you stay home with your spirits, and I'll stay here, and we're okay. And you know, they, they said they said in storybooks, and never the two shall meet. You know what I mean? So we're not going to meet. I can't. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, Pastor Kale wants to stay home with his own spirit. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Let me let me find your spirit out. Oh my goodness. Wow, it's it's a lot. I think you know more to your story, Pastor D. There was an insensitivity that it was not in the morning, and despite the fact that you may have been awake and and walking around and visiting, that other folks smell like that. And you know, Mm -hmm. Sunday we still at nine o'clock. We're still in our bed, still in our bed Mm -hmm. clothes. We have not brushed our teeth. We have not washed our face. We have not gotten the day started yet. Mm-hmm. And for you to even say, you know, well, I, I want to come. And when you said everybody's sleeping, that should have shut it down. But right, you tried right. to say, you know, well, you know what, it's just going to be for a little while. Now, I'm going to get up out of my bed, brush my teeth, wash my face, Get myself together because I can't come to you in my pajamas or my nightgown. So now I got to get dressed and slip on something, you know, to to see you in. And you're not just going to be, um, uh, uh, you just not going to talk no five minutes. You then made the trip and now you see me up, bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> that now that that's gonna encourage you to sit down. Now I gotta offer you some coffee or tea, possibly some breakfast. <laughs> no, 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 no
Wow. I've heard of that happening before with, with a female. Um, someone wrote in, if you come by every evening around dinner time, <laughs> and I haven't given you a key, and the house is not in your name, we're not really friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I got another one. If you drop by only when you need something, then we're not mm. really friends. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Actually, brother Al, <laughs> I have heard um, of that before. Um, where it was a female. And she was like, we never were the same again. And eventually, like you said, you know, she said that her and the quote-unquote friend drifted um, after that. So, yes, that, that's one that's mm-hmm. one when I you know, turn weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, brother, uh, Pastor Vinny. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, when you drop by and don't need anything. <laughs> We're not really friends. I can't. Amen. I can't. They are on a roll. Your due time listeners are on a roll today. Oh my I'm telling you. It's real life. It's real life. Yeah, it is. It, 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 it is. It's it real. Is. It's real life. It's the call because they, they've, they've been disrespectful in the past. Uh-oh. You know? Oh, they've been disrespectful in the past, and you know I, I've I've like bent over, broke my back, you know, had to bring them mad at me because I'm still trying to heal this person. Um, <laughs> it, it's bad. It's bad when 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 the wife is mad at you. Why are you so talking? You know, I said you know, I mean I can't I can't divulge more information, but right I got you. I, you know, even in, even in, in 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 the mess, you know, I I I've tried to be nice. I I I've I've tried to be nice to a fault. <laughs> I mean, wow. to a fault. And uh, but uh, this this was like, you know, enough <laughs> enough already. Enough wow. already. Wow, right, 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 yeah, right. They, they they've been disrespectful, <laughs> and um, that's why they had to call. If they were really, if they were really okay, they could have just showed up, and you know we we you know we make a little room for ignorance. Oh. <laughs> we make a little room, you know, my, not a whole lot. <laughs> wow, not a whole lot. Is, is that weird? Is that a, a friendship that kind of went weird for you, or is there another instance where? You know, you've had this friendship, and the friendship went just kind of weird, um, unexpectedly. Um, I mean, I've I've had I've had some some maybe some coworkers, you know, because I've, I've I've worked at the same place. I, I was a letter carrier in New York for fifteen years, and then came down to Florida okay. and finished finished up my nineteen years, and uh, so you know we you know you kind of in and out. Of, in and out of friendship, in and out of relationships, um, right? And you know, so I, I, I don't, I don't even, I count them as account acquaintances, really. You know, right. so if, if an if an acquaintance bugs out, it's okay, <laughs> right? 
Right, right, right. That's why they're on the acquaintance you know, status. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the difference. You you got to know for yourself who's who, and and right. and and who's worth shedding a tear for. Right, right. I got you. Everybody, I got you. Yeah, everybody's not worth shedding a tear. So I, I couldn't give you anybody, you know, exactly. But you know, like okay. I, I've, I've just known a lot of people in and out, in and out. You know. Okay. Okay. You know, That's I pray for them and go, go on okay. your way. <laughs> right, right, okay. right. Like you said, if they're an acquaintance, there's no real no, nothing that's really lost. Because there's been no, no expectation, <laughs> no yeah. expectation. Right, right. So I, I that makes sense. That makes every bit of sense. Yeah. Pastor KL, have you had a, a you know, a friendship that kind of went? Kinda <laughs> went <deep? laughs> Pastor KL. Oh, I thought you were laughing. Um, well, well. First, I want to say these people should should take to read the Bible. You know, as, as 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 wonderful as Jesus is, we don't call Jesus at our house at nine o'clock in the morning unless it's a total emergency. You know, as wonderful as Jesus, the people in the Bible said, "Lord, we don't want to bother you. Just send a word." Now, let me send you a word. Don't come to my house in the, in the morning. That's the word. <laughs> I need you to respect the word. Now, on the other side of have I ever had that experience, I did have an experience. I went to, um, I took my friend to an audition for Mama I Want to Sing, which, which was a big uh, play down in New York. And mm-hmm. he, was excited. he was excited about it and all this stuff. And we went down there, and I was excited for him. And um, we were rehearsing in the hallway um, together. I, now, I wasn't there for the audition. It was just him, but we were rehearsing. We were both singing. He didn't get the part, but I got the part, so he got mad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That, in fact, he was so mad that, that I told you I drove him down there. He took the train home. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. I'm sorry. They paid well. Thank, thank you, Mike Higgerson. <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing journey to see for friendship. And um, I, I thank you so much, gentlemen, for your contribution into today's station. You have sent us off into a thought-provoking weekend, and I pray you have a blessed weekend. Thank you so much. You as well. Amen. Thank Be you. blessed, folks. You too. You too. Enjoy. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, where's our benediction? As no, as a matter of fact, no. I'm sorry. We're going to take the time this morning. To hold hands and a whole heart and go before the Lord. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for just breathing the breath of life into our bodies so that we can be introduced to your brand new wonderful day with brand new tender mercies. We thank you, God, for just loving us so much that you would even welcome us 
once again. Lord, we just come before you with humble hearts. We come before you, God, with thanksgiving. We enter your courts with praise. Just enjoying who you are. The source of strength that we need at any given moment. The source of guidance and wisdom that we need any given moment. The times when you have rescued us at any given moment. We didn't have to, you know, uh, uh, beg you, you know, in any shape, form, or fashion. Because even us asking was mercy and grace. Even us having the room to ask you is a level of mercy and grace that you had already guaranteed us. And that's why we were able to come before you. So, Lord, we stand before you this morning, giving you the glory and the honor you so rightly do. Thanking you for all the experiences that we've had. Thanking you for all of the guidance you've had our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, neighbors, church family, whoever it is, thanking you for all that you have given us through them. All of the wise counsel you have given us through them. And Lord, I know there's just sometimes we ignored it. There were just sometimes when we didn't want to hear it. There were just some times when we dismissed it. But you still were there with the life raft. <laughs> still catching us. Still looking beyond our faults and finding our needs. Still just stroking us, healing us, getting us back to where we need to be, and sometimes even getting us past that point. Thank you, God. Thank you for sending your son for such a time as this, that when man lets us down, we have a friend who is always a friend and who is better than any friend and closer than a brother. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the many times that man disappoints us. When we receive those uppercuts and those, you know, body uh, blows that we were not expecting. But we thank you for healing, God. We thank you for the lessons learned when even associates do things wrong. We don't have to receive the blow from a friend, but just that awareness from an associate exchange. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving us the discernment as to where we stay and where we need to just pack up and leave and where we need to park. Thank you. Thank you for always being that source that no matter where we are, what we're doing, when it happens, we can always come to you. We can lay it out all on the altar, and you will definitely shed some light on what it is that we should and should not be doing. Thank you for this conversation today with your men. Because when men speak, it has a different aura and a different ring to it than when women speak. And I thank you to Heavenly Father for just putting me in this seat to be able to have these conversations so that all your people who listen near and far, all your people who come uh, uh, to this this, uh, broadcast, whether live or afterwards, 
that they would have a word from the Lord. We thank you for even allowing us to be lighthearted, that we could smile and we could laugh, that we're not sticky and stuffy, that we get it and we get one another, that there's a camaraderie and there's a relationship that has been developed, God. And we thank you for facilitating this for such a time as this, when we need to minister and witness, when we have to give our own testimony that's designed to help deliver someone here on earth. When we have to talk about the bad experiences, when we have to talk about the times when we were caught off guard, when we have to talk about the times when we've made mistakes. There's a lot of that that goes on here. And we pray that it can just help, help someone, help someone. And that has a domino effect because if we help one person, they can help one person. That maybe that entire family would be changed. So that means the, the ratio increases. The ratio, the ratio increases because once the family is changed, then the extended family is changed. The friends have changed. The associates have changed. The church has changed. The world has changed. We pray, God, that we stand up, that we're supposed to be soldiers in your army, and we do just that, that we will not be weeping willows. We will not be people who uh, can't stand, you know, any tension or you know, get all twisted when, when the smoke starts to, you know, get up there. But that we would stand strong. Stand strong. Stand on the firm foundation that you have prepared for us. So we say thank you one more time. We need you, we love you, and we appreciate you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Wow, nice conversation. You know, whenever you have a birthday or at the top of the year, you know, you survey the year before. So, you know, you have the new year coming in at 23, you survey all that happened to you in 22. When you have a birthday, you think about all the stuff that happened since your last birthday, all the people you've met, all the people you have may have um, lost all the, you know, good things or the bad things or the things that you can do better, all the things that God has shifted, all the things that God has added in, God has taken away. You know, you just go through all of those thoughts. And one of the things that I consistently survey are the people in my arena. Because like I said to you, you know, I laugh about it, but I mean that from the My mother really was very serious about that. And it caused us, my sister and I, to be very serious about that. And like I said, I was having a conversation with my nephew the other day, and I said to him, I said, do you see me and your mother ever really, you know, hanging around with anybody? And do you see us, you know, keeping company around anybody? You know, all of the people that we, you know, keep in our company are you know, people who have who are goal-oriented, people who are trustworthy. Do we always agree with them? No. You know, these people are, you know, do things get tight sometimes and you 
have to re-strategize as to how you have to deal with people because as, as we grow older and as we experience things, it causes different shifts in your life. And your shift may come at a time where that's not where my shift comes in. You know, you may have something that happens to you that may cause you to handle things differently. And by me being your friend, I'm just a byproduct, and now you're handling things differently, and I have to now, I now have to adjust to how you are now handling things differently. And I'm not going to take it personal, you know, because you now do things this way. I, I should be able to understand if it's something that makes no sense. You know, and you, you know, you get that so and so is kind of acting impulsively or whatever. You know, you act as a friend and you kind of converse about it and things like that. And you know, you think about, you know, people say, you know, you're a friend. You know, there's a reason, a season, and a lifetime. You know, you remember emails used to go around about that all the time. You know, your friends are your friends, and you know, but you gotta assess whether it's for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. But there's always a reason. There's always a reason. Your only understanding needs to be if it's going to be for a season or a lifetime. And sometimes, you know, people are not going to always be there as long as you think. And there are going to be people who are going to be a little longer than you think. And you really need to seek God. Because especially as you move in your relationship with him, you God has already brought you out from a lot of different things. He's already, he's already taken you away from a lot of different things. And one thing you don't want is you to connect with people and they end up taking you down or, you know, taking you in a direction that's not for you or bringing out some things in you, you know, that, you know, God does not want you um, saying or doing, you know, so you really need to consult God about everyone you allow into your space, really, really need to consult God because sometimes, you know, people come into your life and it seems like it's going to be tumultuous and in actuality, it's not tumultuous for you. It may have been tumultuous for someone else, but God may have something between you and that person that he could be looking to change either one of your lives. So you can't take the word of someone else necessarily. Oh, you know, I dealt with that person, and, you know, that, that person is no good, and I'm just telling you, you need to be on the lookout. And thank you so much for your, you know, your guidance. But seek God as to how, you know, because some people will tell you, you know, that somebody was a certain type of person and don't be bothered with them. I've had people say that to me about other people and I'm like, well, I don't know if that's our dynamic. Maybe, you know, you went into, you know, this relationship and it wasn't supposed to be where you should have been and this is why it ended up being what it was. That may not be my dynamic. And I encourage you today to make sure that anyone who is in your space, 
you've consulted God about. Because this friend thing is serious. You know, like I said, you pretty much know all my male friends. You know, I don't have many more on the outside. And I don't have a whole lot of friends, period. Because, again, pet friends are tried, tested, and true. And my friends have shown that they can be the best asset to your life. That God has genuinely sent them into your life. I had so many people who have said to me, I've had so many people say to me, you are such a good friend. And you know what I say to them? It's because God has put people in my life who have taught me how to be a good friend. I didn't learn that on my own. I was surrounded by good friends. And in turn, I learned how to be a good friend and to be a better friend. And, you know, you, I think a lot of us, you know, life is breathing through and past us so, you know, quickly and all these things, things and people are coming and going and life is changing. And you, we pick up people and we think we, we're going to hold on to them. We're looking at what, you know, it is that they can do for us and what you may be able to do for them or how they can better your life or how things can work. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting this, you know, company and, you know, I'm, I'm making all these connections and, is that who God wants you to be connected with? Consult God on every single move, and you'll be very surprised how he responds. There may be some people that you were looking to keep, and he may say, you don't have to let that one go. It's going to be some people who you were looking to let go, and he very well say, uh-uh, just take for a minute. I got this one. I know what the plans, you know, I know the plans I have for you. So just make sure that you stay within the realm of the Lord, that God order your steps. You will never go wrong. I don't care what it looks like. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit as you go through your day. Be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing up, and I want to thank my deep time crew, Amen, for taking us into a thought-provoking weekend. Thank you for hanging out with us all weekend, helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until Sunday, God spares where it's the Word Prayer Project. Come on in the room and see what God is going to have us pray about. God spare our life. We are looking to have a good time. Until then, I love you.